Thank you for checking out the Faith City Church Podcast. We believe that you'll be blessed by today's message. Say this, look at the person next to you and say this, be anxious for nothing. Look at the person on the other side, because obviously you picked the most important one first, and say, be anxious for nothing. <laughs> Let me ask you this question. Have you ever felt completely lost in life? You don't have to raise your hand, but just completely lost in life. Or maybe you've had a loss in your life. How about this? Have you ever felt completely angry in your life at a situation, a person, something like that? I hate this feeling personally of being lost or, or feeling lost. Um, I really love to know the details. I like to know where I am. I like to know what's around the corner. That's just my personality. I say it all the time, but Kay and I, we're on the same page with this stuff. We just like, give me the notes, give me the foundation. Tell me what you're really thinking, right? Get to the point, but give me some details because I really want to know. And so when I've gone through these moments in my life, it's been really, really hard because I find comfort in structure and knowledge. That's just one of my go-tos. I just find a comfort in that. I find some sense of security in that. And although I'm a, I would say majority of the time I'm a glasses half full kind of guy, sometimes I just have those days. How about you? You ever have one of those days? So at our last family night, we get together one night a week and all the family's invited and uh, we have kids and grandkids and we're just having a good time together, just celebrating life, celebrating Jesus, celebrating what it is to be family. And um, my, my uh, grandson, Barrett, he comes up to me and he says, he says, well, first I heard him in the, in the living room telling the little bit older guys, he's like, hey, can we go out and play, you guys? No response. Guys, will you go out and play with me? No response. And so then he comes into the kitchen and I, I already heard it coming. He's like, Papa? I'm like, yeah, buddy, what's up? I didn't want to go outside. It's hot, right? I'm in the air conditioning. He's like, um, will you go outside and play with me? And I'm like, Yes. I will. I will. So we went outside. I said, what do you want to do? He goes, I want to swing. So we got up and we got on the swings. And I said, do you think Papa can handle this? He goes, come on, Papa, you know how to swing. You've been doing it for a long time. So we get up on the swings. He's a matter of fact kind of guy. We get up on the swings and we're just swinging along. And it's just really cool in those moments because when you're just spending time, especially with children, they just talk. You ever notice this? They just have something to say. And so as we're swinging there, just enjoying, I'm like, man, this is pretty cool. Thanks for inviting me out here, Barrett. Barrett's like, you know what, Papa? I said, what? He said, and he mentioned someone by name. He says, you know, sometimes that person's really mean. I said, really? He said, yeah, sometimes you're just mean. I said, well, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. I said, I would say about 98, maybe 99% of the time, Papa's the really cool guy and easy to get along with. But every so often, Papa has those days. He goes, what do you mean? I said, you know, days where I'm mean. I'm just not really myself. I could rub people the wrong way. And he goes, he's just kind of looking at me like, how is this possible? I'm like, I know, buddy. I know. But he's, he's looking at me like, what's going on? And I said, but you know what? You know what I get to do in those moments when I come to myself and I realize how I'm being? It's such a big thing to apologize and say, you know what? I'm really sorry that I've been mean today. I'm really sorry that I've treated you this way. It's not you. It's a circumstance, but you didn't deserve that. Sometimes it's big, isn't it? And he goes, so sweet. He looks, he goes, I would forgive you, Papa. All right, you guys are dismissed. It's so sweet, right? The heart to forgive. And, and, I, and then he says this to me. He goes, would you forgive me, Papa? And I said, 
oh yeah, Barrett, absolutely. In a second, I'd forgive you. Isn't that cool? Just to have that relationship. And so my point is that we all have those days. Even really cool papas like me have those days. And, and my kids even more, they, they, they see this. How many know this, that when you live with somebody, they see every day, right? They see those days. And, and so it's up to us even as the other person to show grace to people and say, I know that's not who you really are, but gosh dang it, I'm gonna go into the other room right now because I can't handle this, right? We have to also offer grace and forgiveness to others. But I think when we ask this question about being lost, maybe dealing with anger, dealing with emotion, I think all of us could probably answer yes to this question. And I would probably say even more in the last year. I mean, no matter what you think about, you know, global pandemics or quarantines or lockdowns, I would say this, it's definitely affected all of us in some sort of way. Can I get one amen? And so this isn't about what political side you're on. It's just admitting we've all dealt with issues. In fact, what's happened is we've been squeezed. And I've often said this, that when we're squeezed, what's inside, what we're thinking, our thought process is what comes out. And so that's why I've kind of like eliminated myself from social media because the stuff coming out of friends and family and brothers and sisters in Christ's fingers was like, whoa, what's going on? Where's Jesus in this? And so that was a tough thing to navigate. So I thought I'll just remove myself from that and I don't have to deal with it, right? But it does show us sometimes what happens. When we get squeezed, what's in our thinking has definitely come out through our words, right? Because you speak and you do what you think. And so it's really important. And even myself, I've had so many challenges over the last several years as I've come more and more into the kingdom life and the kingdom way of thinking. It's challenged the ways that I've seen things in life, people, my politics, all that. It just challenges it. And sometimes I was frustrated, like, Jesus, why are you messing with this facet of my life? I'm comfortable here. He's like, because other people aren't comfortable. In fact, I'm not comfortable with the way that you present me. I'm like, ouch. He's like, but I love you, son. No condemnation, no shame. Can we work on this area of your life? And so I think it's important that we're open Uh, open to Jesus, not just our theology or the box that we've grown up in, not just our political side, but open to Jesus in every situation. And then I think if we allow love to lead us, we'll make the right decisions, we'll make the right statements. And even if we say something that is truth, the scripture tells us to speak it in love. Amen? And so I think that's really important. So again, sometimes we just feel completely lost in life, anxious, angry, these different feelings. So let me ask you this question. Where do our anxiety, our worry, our hurts, even our loneliness intersect with God as our helper and our healer? How about this? What does the Bible, what does, we could even say, church or church life or even kingdom life have to do with our frustrations, with our anxieties, with our hurts, maybe even with anger and and different things that we're going through? And I think for a lot of people, when we come to church on a Sunday morning, it's like this thing we do on on Sundays, but then the rest of the week we can kind of forget what we even hear here or why we're doing what we do. And so we would think, you know, isn't the Bible, isn't church or religion just about somewhere I go later, more about the afterlife? And it's beautiful that for me, I feel secure in my afterlife knowing that to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. But let me ask you this question. Is salvation all about afterlife or is it also about the here and now? See, 
you guys must go to Faith City Church. Because we know that salvation, right, soteria, that word in the Greek means preservation, safety, deliverance, wholeness, restoration. And how many know, I think we're going to have all that in the afterlife, right. right, in heaven, right? So salvation must be about the here and now. After all, we're told to work out our salvation to those being Saved. I'm so glad it's not a one and done altar thing, that it's a lifetime journey where I continue to receive salvation in so many different areas of my life. I can use deliverance, healing, preservation, safety, uh, restoration in so many different areas of my life. But how many know it doesn't necessarily happen all at once? It's a time thing, it takes time. Have you ever heard the saying, time heals all wounds? Time heals all wounds. I believe that the reality is that sometimes time can make wounds worse. What I mean is, if we just are like, if I pretend it didn't happen, or pretend I didn't go through this situation, and some time goes by, I'll just heal up. But that isn't true. In fact, a lot of times, if we take that road in life, these wounds can actually deepen and affect our daily life. And that's why when I do, like, if I run into someone, you know, uh, in, in the grocery store and come across someone with, with a really nasty attitude, it's not that I love it, I'm like, bring it on. Yeah, yeah, I'm paying my penance. It's not about that. But most people react in situations according to the hurts and the wounds that they have inside. And so what Jesus has done for me, because I'm one of those, I mean, honestly, I'm one of those guys like, I'm ready for a fight. I, I, I don't shy away from, uh, you know, contention or shy away from conflict. I mean, yeah, let's go. Let's debate this thing. But I've learned through Jesus to soften my heart in those things. And sometimes just looking past the exterior and what I see and how I see someone react, I can go, wow, Holy Spirit, they're hurt. There's something going on. It doesn't mean what they're doing to me is right. But for the most part, if someone's saying something mean or a nasty way, I think I can handle it. I don't have to say something back. And maybe just saying, oh, yeah, sure, sure, and a smile. And how do I handle this, Holy Spirit? That, that's what I said earlier when we say, Jesus, can, give me an answer here. What should I do? Because sometimes our reactions or our answers aren't the right ones. And so if we follow Jesus, we have to say, Jesus, what should I do in this? But time doesn't heal all wounds. And so I love this scripture. The apostle Peter wrote in his first letter. He says this, casting all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. He says to cast your care on him. Now, in the previous portion of scripture, he's actually talking to leaders in the church. And he's telling them things like to encourage one another. He's saying to humble yourselves before God and he will exalt you. I mean, there's just a lot of great encouragement, a lot of things he was, got guidelines I could say he was giving. But then he says this, at the end of the day, guys, cast your care or your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Now, this word cares or anxiety, most of us, don't need Greek to understand what that is, right? Now, the Greek definition of this is anxiety about things pertaining to this earthly life, which makes sense, right? But did you know that it even goes deeper? This is why I love the ancient languages. It also means to be drawn in different directions. If we aren't in a time right now where people are being drawn in different directions and polarized, I don't know what else to call it. I mean, think about this, that, that, that anxiety, that care, it draws us in different directions. It actually means to be distracted. And I guess that's really what I'm driving at as kingdom people is let's not get so distracted with what's going on out here that we forget about the kingdom, which is right here, neutral in the middle. 
a table that Jesus opens up that's all inclusive for all people to come and find themselves, find out who he, he has made them to be. I want everyone to feel that, that level of comfort and, and I guess welcomed so that they will come to the table and say, okay, maybe Jesus is for me as well because we know he is, right? But maybe they don't. And so he says, cast all your care, your anxiety, all the things that, you know, you have, are you anxious over for this earthly life? All the things that are drawing you in different directions, all the things that are distracting, distracting you, he says to what? Cast them on me because he cares for you. I think this takes childlike faith. How about you? Why does he want us to cast our care upon him, our anxiety, our anger, our worry, our fear? Why does he want us to cast those things onto Jesus? He tells us because he cares for us. We literally could say, Jesus is giving us an open invitation and he's saying, I want you to do this because I care for you, because I love you. How about this? Because it matters to me. You ever thought about the things you go through in life matter to God? Now, I know on a Sunday morning, a preacher might tell you that, or maybe not. But sometimes it's even the things that are like, yeah, God doesn't have time for that. Well, what do you mean? If you have an issue, you're going through something. If you need some, the best anger management is Jesus. The best fear management or getting rid of the fear, why manage it, is Jesus, right? And so when we go through these situations of worry and fear and anxiety, we're told what to do. You know, a few years back, we went on a trip to Florida, and uh, we were visiting our, um, my in-laws, your brother and sister-in-law. Uh, they had a big boat. How big was that fishing boat they had at the time? 32 foot, huh? 150 foot long. It was huge. It's the biggest one ever. It was a yacht. No, but they had this huge boat. It was. I was like, oh my gosh, we're going out. And he's like, yeah, we're going out in the ocean. We're not going to take a paddle boat. Okay, cool. So we, we took this trip uh, out to go fishing because he said, hey, you guys want to go fish? We're like, yeah, this would be awesome, you know? And I'm like, I'll help pay for fuel. And $400 later, I'm like, why did I say that? But so we went out in the water and we went like 25 miles out. We thought this was a great idea. Now, I'm not a fisherman. When we go camping, I mean, it's. I know you love it, love it, love it, right? My wife loves, she's the fisherman of the family, the hunter. She does everything. I just sit at home and eat bonbons. No, but seriously, she loves to fish. Ethan loves to fish. In Aiden's beginning, I'm, I'm kind of like the left out, but I don't care because I have a strong personality. So I'm like, you go fish. I'm going to lay in the zero gravity chair and watch clouds go by. It's okay with me. So we all thought it'd be cool. And I thought, man, if nothing else, maybe they catch a shark or stingray or something cool. And we're going out like 25 miles in the ocean. Let's see, this would be cool. Well, on our way out, this was the most choppy water I've ever experienced in my life. I mean, like literally, uh, 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 it was insane. I mean, at one point we had hit a wave so hard and my brother-in-law, Kenny, is so compassionate and loving. I wish he would have shared with me that the back of the boat is a better place to be because I'm sitting up front with little Ethan or little Aiden at the time, just uh, uh, holding on for dear life. Literally hit a, we hit, I almost fell off the stairs. I wanted to be, you know, really into this, but at one point, we hit a wave so hard, we both went like, I don't know how many feet up in the air. I thought we were going to exit the boat. We came back down. He fell to the ground. He's crying. And I'm like, what is going on? Like, I'm, I don't know. I said something godly. I was just frustrated. And I remember he said, oh, well, you should probably sit in the back. I'm like, good time to tell us. I had to forgive my brother-in-law that day. But you know, we're gone. Well, the other thing I didn't think about is I deal with motion sickness. 
I didn't take anything. So by the time we got out, 25 miles out, I was done. I was spent. I was toast. Anyone here deal with? Yeah, see, you feel my pain. You feel my pain. So literally for about four hours of fish time, I laid, I laid with the swells. I just laid on this area of the boat like this. Um, and Kenny kept saying, hey, man, we can go back. I'm like, I'm thinking, I don't want to ruin this for everyone else, right? I'm like, no, I'm good. And then every so often be like, all right, we're pulling anchor. And I'm my friend goes, hey, make sure the anchor comes in well. And I'm just trying to navigate you to the front and all this stuff. It was crazy. It was the worst experience in my life. I never want to go fishing on the great ocean again. <laughs> You're dismissed. No. You're like, why would you leave us with that? Why would you even tell us a story? Because this word cast and cast your care on God means to throw or hurl. And in that moment, I wanted to either throw something or I wanted to hurl overboard. It might be funny, but I literally, every time I read this verse, I chuckle because I think about that trip. It reminds me every time because this word cast isn't just, okay, you know what? Um, if you feel like you might want to kind of drop it on the ground and just kind of shuffle it over me a little bit, then go ahead and do that. No, the word cast means to throw or hurl with great force. This is the Greek, to fling, to throw off or away. Something else it reminds me of, as I'm laying there on the bottom of the boat, is I heard something over and over again. I'd hear this zing, splash. I can't do it. I'm not really good at sound effects. Zing, splash. Over and over. What were they doing? They were fishing, but what were they doing? They were casting and reeling in and casting and reeling in. And they were on purpose casting as far as they could. Every time I think about that fishing, I think about this verse that he's saying to throw with great force. Everything that is within you, this is a deliberate response to the anxiety, the fear, the worry, the anger, what you have. You're casting it with great force. As hard as you can. Zing! Splash. And Jesus says, I got it. But a lot of us go, okay we take it back okay Jesus Zing. I'm telling stories for you Pete just get into it splash <laughs> Jesus like no no I had it I had it I know but I just want to take it back Jesus see it's, it's easy to I've had those days where I'm like I'm, I'm giving this to you Lord five minutes later I'm not giving it to you that person I'm going to give a piece of my mind and Jesus is like, I don't know if you should give him a piece of your mind. You don't have a whole lot to start with. No, I'm just kidding. He would never say anything like that. But I struggle sometimes with that casting, that hurling. Just the fact that it's telling you to do this with great force. It's deliberate. You must do this. Why? Because I care for you. My care for you is so great. It runs so deep that I know what this is doing to you. It's eating you from the inside out. And eventually what you say, how you treat people, what you respond to, how you respond to things, it comes from that place of things eating away at you. And that's really what we've seen, not just you know in the last year, but in general. When people are in fear and worry and anxiety, it just comes out in such a way that it's not kingdom. And so I believe there's a reason that Jesus is saying to cast this, be deliberate, cast things off on purpose. Whether you suffer job loss, the loss of a loved one, 
a broken heart. Maybe someone has betrayed you, betrayed your trust, betrayed the relationship you were in. Maybe you've been diagnosed with a sickness you did not expect. Maybe you're dealing with loneliness. Get this. Recently, they did a survey. You know that over 90% of Christians said they dealt with loneliness. Now, that boggles my mind because I'm thinking, where are people who proclaim to have a connection with the divine, the source of life, but we're lonely? What are we not casting off on him? What care and anxiety are we not casting on him that we're at a place where we're lonely? Because he said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. We never have to be lonely. I say that because sometimes we do feel lonely, but we never have to be lonely. And in those moments we can say, Jesus, I know you're here, but reveal yourself to me. Help me become more aware of your presence. That's what I love about our worship. We never are begging the Holy Spirit to show up if we play the right notes and the right progression at the right BPM. Maybe, just maybe, we worship just enough. He'll show up. God really shows up when you worship. I thought he was with you always. God showed up to this building because he goes everywhere you go. So the proper response to feeling that way is, Help me become, make me become more aware of your presence. That's our whole journey. Make me become more aware of the salvation you've already provided in this facet of my life or that facet of my life. That's the journey we're on. And that's beautiful because it's saying, so Jesus has taken care of everything. It's already done. It's already there. Now it's a matter of me awakening to these things he's already done. Isn't that cool? It takes the pressure off. But it also, there's an excitement within me to pursue this relationship and find out, wow, what are your promises? What are the things that are contained within this gift called salvation? So no matter what you've gone through, I just listed a bunch of things. We've gone through a pandemic. Maybe you've gone through physical or emotional abuse. The list goes on and on and on. No matter what, what do we do? We cast our care on him. Listen to this in the Passion Translation. It says, pour out, say pour out. Sometimes it literally takes those moments of just pouring out. You know what brought freedom in my life? Is when I realized that there was no wrong question. There was no wrong way really to approach God. In that whatever I was feeling, he'd rather me just get the feelings off my chest. You realize that prayer is more for you than it is for God? I mean, I want to say this carefully. God is like a being who doesn't need anyone or anything, but yet he craves relationship. So it's not like I don't need you. He's saying, no, I'm all inclusive as far as what I need, but I want you to be in my sphere, my circle, my relationship in life. I think that's awesome. But sometimes prayer is just pouring out Say what you feel. Sometimes we feel like it has to be this super religious sounding thing and with King James language and, and to really, so God to really hear us. No, sometimes, you know, the, the, sometimes I've just had nothing to say but help. Or I've just had some choice words about what I'm going through in life and it's not fair. And it's not right that someone would treat me this way or that this went that way. Why did this crumble? Why did this fail? You, I thought you were behind. I've said all these things and he lets it get off my chest so then he can go, okay, son, are you done now? Let's bring you some peace. My grace is sufficient. 
That radically transformed my life. Because you know what that helps me to not do? Do that at other people. Do that all over other people. Pour out onto other people. But look at this. Pour out all your worries and stress upon him. Look at this. And leave them there. Don't reel it back in. Leave them there. I love how he puts this. For he always tenderly cares for you. I I love this picture of God as a tender parent. Someone who truly cares about what you're going through, but also has answers to what you're going through. And sometimes that's a journey. Sometimes that takes time. But often what happens is whether it's church or religion or society even, it's taught us that being open and honest with our feelings isn't normal. We can't do that. So then what do we do? We stuff down the feelings. We hide the feelings. We can't let others see the feelings, especially our friends at church, because what would they say? And so we just keep things in. And then that usually manifests around, you know, 40, 50, 60 years old. You're like, what happened to Aunt Lula? Dear God, she's not the same person. No, all the stuff she's pushed down for years Uncle Jack, what's wrong with him? Let me tell you, he's pushed things down for years and years and years and never got relief, never got an answer, never got resolution. That's why Jesus says, cast those care, the anxiety, that fear, that worry. Cast it on me. Why? Because I care for you. I care for your well-being. Not just like in the sweet by and by in heaven in the future, but right here and right now. That's the beauty of the gospel. The kingdom is about here and now. And so we think things like, well, I don't want to say anything. I mean, no one else struggles with these things. Lie. (laughs) It's crazy, man. It's crazy how many guys I'll I'll counsel, you know, on something like the big one. Like, I'm addicted to pornography. I'm like, welcome to the club. Most of the guys in church are. So what do we do about that? And they're like, what? What? I thought you were going to, I'm like, well, it's destroying your life and your marriage. I get that. So you shouldn't be doing it. But it's not anything new so let's deal with that let's get some accountability right let's 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 show you who you are in christ so you start making better decisions based on knowing who you are versus who you are not right any guys feel uncomfortable this morning awesome no but but seriously we think we have these these big lists like we put issues in our life or sin or whatever it is we we put them in different you know increments when really it's just it's false identity. You're living out a false identity. The, the word sin in the Greek is the word hamartia, and it means to live outside of your true God-given identity. When we do things that are outside of that, well, that's what we call sin. That's, that's the, the result of sin. And so if we can point people to the truth of who they are, most of those things begin to fall away because you're like, I'm not made for that. I say it a lot, but I love this. It sticks with me. Pete, I don't know if, how many years ago you made this, this uh, comment that you know, people think the grass is greener on the other side, and then you said this, but it's just astroturf. It's not real. It's fake. I'm like, dude, that's stuck with me for years, Pete. And so what we do is we stop making decisions for something that's fake and not real, and we begin to make decisions that are real based on who we are. And there's such freedom in that, you guys. So why does the Bible say to cast your care in the Lord? Why does Paul tell us in Philippians to be anxious about nothing? That's a bold statement. When I read things like that, I'm like, okay, Paul, like you didn't have a bad day. 
But, but he's trying to get us to this idea that holding on to anxiety, worry, fear, anger, these different emotions is not going to help us in the long run. In fact, it's usually going to hinder or hurt us. So cast those things on the Lord. Why? Because he cares for you. He tenderly cares for you. And I think another reason that's said is because we will most definitely experience these things in life. Three people come to mind. Our great master Jesus said, hard trials and temptation are bound to come. Thanks, Jesus. He's like, you're welcome. <laughs> I wanted to forewarn you that stuff's going to happen in your life. And then the apostle Peter said, beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal among you which comes upon you for testing as though some strange thing were happening to you. Now, was he talking to us in the 21st century? No. They were going through different things with Roman occupation. They had friends and family being fed to lions. There was a lot going on to follow this way called Jesus. It was against empire and the religious system of the time. But can we apply it to us? Absolutely. The Apostle John says, don't be surprised. There it is again. Dear brothers and sisters, if the world hates you, so we shouldn't be surprised when these things come about. But here's the thing. It's not always scandalous stuff, right? Sometimes we're tempted to worry or to be anxious, to be drawn in different directions. Come on, there's the definition of that word, right? Those cares. To be distracted or to respond harshly to someone. These triggers show us that we are living in fear. We make this statement, fear is the basis of all negative responses. So if you see negative responses in your life and you're wondering where they're coming from, there's fear somewhere in there. But see, when we operate in the opposite of fear, which is love, we'll have different responses. Does that make sense? Pete and I taught a series earlier uh, this year called The Way of Love. And we saw how, you know, you have the way of love or you have the way of fear or it's built on self. And we see these different ways that we can go in life. But it's so important that we understand that we should have our life led by love and not fear. And many times when we see those responses, we can go, oh, okay, this is fear-based. What am I believing that's not true? And that's what I found on my journey is it's trading in truth right? Getting truth for error in my life. And that's where I begin to operate out of love versus fear. So I believe that when we read scriptures like this, we see that our creator, that God himself knows that we'll face hurt, we'll face fear, we'll face anxiety, worry, and distractions. So what's the answer? To just sit around and try to not feel those feelings? Some people may say that, or to stuff those feelings down. Think about this. How does scripture or this relationship with God intersect with those pains and hurts and those different things that we experience and the emotions that they produce? Say emotions. Do you know that emotions are neutral? They're, they're neither good nor bad. I'm glad that I have emotions. Emotions help me. Now, there's sometimes I'm like, I wish I could bury some of this emotion right that I'm feeling, right? But being emotional is not bad or good. It's completely neutral. In fact, emotions are simply indicators of the thoughts that fill our minds. You ever thought about this? That you could, I wish I had a good example. Like, like I'll, I'll tell you this. I don't know if anyone's experienced vertigo in their life. Anyone? Insane. I experienced it for the first time this year, and I was like, what is going on? And being someone who deals with motion sickness didn't help. Like, I went into this, I woke up out of, out of a dead sleep, 
and everything was spinning and moving. I thought, I'm dying right now. Wow, okay, praise God, I get to see Jesus today. I'm like, everything's spinning, and then instantly, like, nausea. I felt like I had to vomit. I was broken the cold sweats. I said, man, what kind of flu, what bug do I have? What is going on? Realized it was vertigo. Took care of that, did some exercises, day and a half of it. Do not encourage anyone to try and get vertigo. It's not worth it. Even just to experience it, not worth it. But what's crazy is since that time, I'll have times where I'll lay in bed because it was when I would lay a certain side on, on my left, it'd be like, boom. And I was just like, oh, dear God, here we go for 30 seconds. But this is crazy. The fear of that creeps in sometimes. I'll lay down in bed. Last night, I laid down in bed. Haven't experienced it in a while. Laid down in bed and I turned a certain way. And yesterday, I think because of sinuses, I was feeling a little off. When I turned, like suddenly went, ooh, I bet you it's vertigo. And instantly I went in a state where I was like, like just freaking out, laying there in bed. And I had to come to myself and go, whoa, what, what are you doing right now? Dude, this isn't vertigo. You're, sometimes you can think on things so hard that it almost feels like you're there. Come on, am I the only one? And it took me like an hour to get to sleep because I kept wrestling with this idea. If I turn there, maybe I put my head over here. What if this happens again? Because it's not a pleasurable time. And so I guess my whole point I'm trying to make is, you know, these emotions that we have are simply indicators of the thoughts that fill our minds. You can think on something so much that you actually begin to emotionally become attached to it. Does that make sense? And so our job in those situations is not to judge what I'm feeling. Like, I shouldn't feel this way. This feeling is wrong. This, this feeling is bad. For instance, how about this one? I should never be angry. You're a Christian. You shouldn't be angry. But the scriptures say to be angry and sin not. You know what's so cool about that? It means that we can feel the feelings. But we're careful on our responses and what we do with the feelings. That's wisdom, isn't it? Because there's times where there's a righteous anger that comes over me. If there's someone in the neighborhood messing with my kids or grandkids, there's something there. Now, if I go all off, right, half cocked, there's going to be trouble. So I feel the anger, I assess the situation, say, Holy Spirit, how do I handle this in love, but still handle it sternly, and then I do the right thing. Does that make sense? And so we have to feel those emotions. And can you imagine trying to not feel feelings? Come on, guys. And all the ladies are like, yeah, I feel them every day. <laughs> that would be impossible. But again, emotions and feelings are simply indicators of the thoughts that fill our minds. And I like to say this, that thoughts precede feelings. So what do we do with these feelings caused by anxiety, distraction, hurt, and loss? We've talked all about these feelings. What do we do? Well, again, we come back to Philippians, this beautiful letter that the Apostle Paul wrote. He says in chapter 4, verses 6 and 7, he says, Don't fret or worry. Instead, say instead. Instead of worrying, pray. Let petitions and praises shape your worries. This is so cool. In the prayers. Think about that. If the majority of us would say, okay, instead of this, this worry shaping into something else, I'm going to let it shape into prayers. Why? Letting God know your concerns. Before you know it, a sense of God's wholeness, everything coming together for good will come and settle you down. Sometimes this is much better than someone else telling you to settle down, isn't it? I found in my marriage, the two things I should never say to my wife because I'm trying to help her is settle down. Or just chill a little bit. Never goes well. In fact, it goes the other way for some reason. I don't get that. But the same thing happens when you do to me. I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to chill because you just told me to chill, right? But when God 
when you present your petitions to him and you allow this, this relationship with God to, to manifest, what happens? It actually begins to settle you down. He ends with this. He says, it's wonderful what happens when Christ displaces worry, or we could say distraction, things that pull us in two different directions at the center of your life. Isn't that awesome? And I love that Paul tells us also in Thessalonians, he says, to pray without ceasing. What does that mean? It means that you have this, throughout this walk of life, you have this ever ongoing relationship with God where you're just talking, you're communing, you're, you're sharing your experiences, and you're even sharing those emotions, those fears, those worries and anxiety. You're sharing those things, sharing the good times, the bad times with Heavenly Father. Why? Because he cares for you. And so a lot of times we just need to cast certain things on him and stop trying to take it on ourselves. This is a God who desires to hear what you're feeling. He really does. He wants to know what you're feeling. He wants to know what you're experiencing. It's like, think about this. It's like a parent saying, honey, sit down. Let's talk this out. And a lot of times it's just so the kid can get it out. I mean, you know, we have four children and, and four grandkids and they're all different than each other. But they all have this certain this certain place where they just want to be heard. And so when you sit down and you let them just get things off their chest, they just feel like, it's out now. It's out now. And then you can come in and say, oh, I hear exactly what you're saying. And then you give them some wisdom, some love, show them some grace, give them a hug, give them a kiss on the cheek, whatever it takes. But it's in those moments. I picture God like this saying, like, listen, just let it all out. What do you feel? I know it wasn't fair. I agree. It wasn't fair. That person should not have treated you that way. Completely, 100%. What are we going to do about that? Will you let me love you? Will you let me show grace? Will you let me heal you in this situation? But many times we're so caught up in those circumstances, we don't have time to bring prayer and petition to God. No condemnation, I've been there too. There's so many times I just, I'll have to sit back and go, why are you trying to figure all this out yourself? Stop it. Cast your care on him. Zing! Splash. Did you catch that, Pete? <laughs> I want to make this statement too, that God is not shocked at what we feel or experience. It's not like you've ever been in that moment of prayer time with God and you said something that was, wait a second, hold up Jesus, just a second. Andy just said something that just blew my mind. I did not know you were going through that. Nothing that you're saying is going to shock him. But that's why I said prayer is more about you helping you than helping God. It's getting things off your chest and it's so important that we do that because we've all dealt with doubt, Anxiety, worry, anger, loss. All of us have. We've all struggled with these things. Christians struggle, period. I mean, we have the flesh, we have old thinking, uh, we have trouble in our life. It's just the truth, right? So don't be shocked at what you feel or even what you've done. Some of you hold what you've done five and 10 years ago against yourself. And you feel like I'm almost close, that close to God, but I'm not sure. I look at the life of Jesus, and you know what the religious community got so ticked off about? Is that he hung out with those sinners. I know you laugh, but he hung out with people that, that were labeled sinners and never once was like, you, get them away from me. He says, no, come on to me, be with me, have a relationship with me. And the one thing that I've seen is in those relationships, Every single person changed for the better. 
I think it's important that we just forgive ourselves and release ourselves sometimes of things that we've done in the past. Even if it was last night, let it go. God, I'm sorry. It wasn't the, that's not who I am. That's not what I'm built for. Thank you. You've forgiven me. Woo! 2,000 years ago on the cross. Done deal. I receive it. Now let's move on. And I need some help in this area, Lord. Amen? Amen. Romans 12, 2. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. We use this scripture all the time, but notice he didn't say be transformed when you finally stop feeling the stuff that's so unusual in your life. <laughs> no, no, no. It's so important that we're changing this thought process. Be transformed by the renewing of your thinking, not transformed by renewing of your feelings. And so the answer isn't to change or fix our feelings. A lot of us We kind of put the cart before the horse. We're just trying to fix things, but it's to change and fix our mind. That word fix actually means in the original language to secure or fasten. So we're to secure or fasten our minds to new thinking. What thinking? God's thoughts about us. God's thoughts about the situation. So, you know, do we need new feelings? No, we need new thoughts. And guess what? Then the new feelings will come. I believe this is why we're told to cast our care on him because he cares for us. It's like God is saying, look to me, not to others. Look to me in your circumstances. So in conclusion today, do we try and fix our feelings and emotions? No. Who is the healer of our hurts? It's God. So what do we do? We cast those things. I'd like to say this because a lot of times we reel them back. Maybe just imagine, Lord, I'm casting this and as I go, zing, we're going to hear two splashes. It's going to be the bait going in or the care worry and we're going to let go of the pole too. Right? Let it go so you can't reel it back. Right? But that's what we do by faith. So let me say this to you guys. Be anxious for Nothing. Say that with me, be anxious for nothing. What if it's really hard? Be anxious for nothing. What if someone else tells me a different story? Be anxious for nothing. You receive that? Amen, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your love for us, your grace. We thank you so much just for the care that you have for us, that you would inspire men to to write such things in scripture that we could read and realize the depth of this care and anxiety thing, that we're to cast and we're to hurl it with all the force we have get rid of it. I pray for any of us who are struggling with that today, that we would just take that step of faith and release those things that have hurt us, those losses, those, those issues, those things that are causing toxic emotions in our life, that we would choose this morning to release those things. Say this with me. Heavenly Father, thank you for your love. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your care for me. Now, with your eyes closed, not for a religious reason, but just to focus for a moment, is there anything in your life that you know you've been kind of casting or not, but even if you do cast it, you're reeling it back? Is there something that comes to mind? I want you to say this with me. Holy Spirit, show me the things that I've been holding on to or that I've been casting and taking back. 
And Jesus, I give you permission to bring healing into the area of my life. I receive it by faith in Jesus' name. For more information about Faith City Church, please go to faithcity.tv. As always, we pray that you would grow in the knowledge and grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ.